Hello, this is Jay Barris with the Sidley Austin Mutual Fund Minute. The SEC regulates mutual funds, registered closed-end funds, and ETFs. The CFTC regulates funds that invest in commodity futures and related derivatives. So, who regulates an investment company that also invests in commodity futures, and why does it matter for fund directors and advisors? Well, it's complicated. Today, Mutual Fund Minute attempts to make some sense of the overlapping regulation by the SEC and the CFTC. With me today in Chicago is Nate Howell, a Chicago-based partner in Sidley Austin's Investment Funds Practice Group. Nate's practice focuses on futures and derivatives regulation and compliance. Nate has been pretty busy lately. Let's start with this. A fund that generally invests its assets and securities is an investment company that must register with the SEC unless, of course, the fund qualifies for an exception, like a private fund or a hedge fund. A fund that invests any amount of its assets in futures contracts or certain other derivatives, like swaps, is a commodity pool. The operator of that fund, typically its investment advisor, must register with the CFTC as a commodity pool operator, or CPO, or as a commodity trading advisor, or CTA, unless an exception applies. As a result of this jurisdictional overlap, advisors of investment companies that invest in futures contracts or swaps may be required to register as a CPO or CTA. So, Nate, does this regulatory overlap create two sets of rules that investment companies must follow and fund directors must worry about? It certainly does, Jay. In the great tradition of overlapping SEC and CFTC regulation of the same activity, registered investment companies that trade futures or swaps are subject to both SEC and CFTC rules. To make life even more interesting, because the futures and swaps markets have a self-regulatory organization in addition to a government regulator, they're also subject to the rules of the National Futures Association, NFA. Fortunately, about a decade ago, the CFTC changed its rules to exclude from the definition of CPO the investment advisors to some registered investment companies. But before we get too excited about that, this exclusion is very limited. These investment companies are subject to strict limits on non-hedging futures and swaps trading, and their advisors are subject to limits on how they market these funds. An advisor who can't live within these limits, unfortunately, must register as a CPO, become a member of NFA, and comply with a number of CFTC and NFA rules. That sounds rather restrictive and seems to cover a lot of funds. It does. It's both restrictive and it's complicated to live within the CFTC's trading limits. The CFTC tightened the exclusion because it was concerned that registered investment companies were being offered as commodity pools, but without proper CFTC and NFA oversight, and without the advisors having to make the disclosures that would be required if they were registered as CPOs. So, so Nate, how does the CFTC actually regulate these funds? Investment advisors to investment companies that are able to rely on this narrow exclusion must file a notice of eligibility with the CFTC when the fund is launched and then affirm the notice each year after that. There's not much more they have to do other than ensuring that they continue to satisfy the very complicated trading limits and adhere to the marketing restrictions. Wait, uh, I'm, I'm a little confused here. In SEC land, the fund itself registers as an investment company 
and registers its shares to sell with the SEC. You just said that the investment advisor, not the fund, claims the exclusion from the definition of a CPO. Jay, I agree it's confusing. The CFTC requires registration of commodity pool operators, the CPOs, not the commodity pools themselves. So the investment advisor, as the CPO, would be required to claim the exclusion with respect to each fund, but the funds themselves are not required to make any claims. The rules were confusingly drafted prior to 2019 in that they required the fund itself to claim an exclusion from the definition of CPO with respect to its operation of itself. That metaphysical conundrum fortunately was fixed and it's now clear that it is the investment advisor that claims the CPO exclusion. Okay, so what about an investment company that invests in futures or swaps not just for pure hedging or, or doesn't adhere to the CFTC's trading restrictions? How do investment companies that invest in futures and swaps comply with SEC and CFTC rules and I suppose also uh, NFA rules at the same time. Doesn't this result in a lot of confusion because, for example, say, very different disclosure requirements apply to investment companies and commodity pools? Fortunately, a year after the CFTC adopted the more restrictive exclusion for CPOs to registered investment companies, the CFTC harmonized its rules for CPOs with the SEC's rules for investment companies. Uh, harmonized like a barbershop quartet? Not a very good quartet. The harmonization wasn't entirely on key. The CFTC's rules let an advisor to an investment company comply with certain SEC rules for investment companies instead of the CFTC rules. For example, an investment company may comply with the SEC's rules for disclosure, reporting, and record keeping instead of the CFTC rules. But the advisor to the investment company must still register with the CFTC and become a member of NFA, which is not a minor undertaking. And as always, there is the fine print, conditions apply. Okay, I'll bite. What exactly are these conditions? Well, for example, a CPO of an investment company with less than three years of operating history must disclose the performance of all accounts and pools that the CPO manages that have similar investment objectives, policies, and strategies. That wouldn't normally be required of a registered investment company. The CPO must disclose to the CFTC information about its substituted compliance program and inform the CFTC about certain service providers. Also, the CPO of an investment company is subject to the jurisdiction of the CFTC and NFA, which means they can conduct regulatory examinations among other things. Okay, well, what about the investment advisors themselves? Don't they have to register as CTAs? Usually, no. Fortunately, the CFTC's CTA exemptions are much more friendly to the advisors of registered investment companies than the CPO exemptions. For example, CFTC rules exclude from the CTA definition an investment advisor of a registered investment company whose futures and swaps advisory activities are solely incidental to operation of the funds for which the advisor is also excluded from the CPO definition. That's, uh, that's a lot to keep track of. Uh, what, what does this mean, though, for fund directors who oversee these funds? The regulation of funds that invest in futures and swaps has only grown more complicated as the use of futures and swaps has expanded over the years. The CFTC's rules, combined with the SEC's new Rule 18F4, which governs investment company use of derivatives, 
are more comprehensive and present more compliance challenges for fund directors than ever before. Fund directors should be vigilant that their compliance policies and procedures take into account these rules, especially now that the SEC has again said that investment company use of derivatives remains an examination priority. Great. Thanks so much, Nate, for joining us today. This is Jay Barris with the Sidley Austin Mutual Fund Minute looking at investment companies and commodity pool operators.